Welcome to the Debbie Debates. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. Who <laughs> jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it, a stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson. He's going to uncork for the end zone, and he drops it in beautifully, and it is his roommate, Dax Mill, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time, it's Fields on the carry. Watch out. Justin Fields. Hello, Columbus. 51 yards. Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get to rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Ace, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Here we were coming into this episode, Chris, thinking it's going to be a nice, easy mailbag episode. We were going to talk a little. I got some personal questions we were going to talk about. Nope, nope. Jim Harbaugh's got to drop a bomb on us. He is heading to the NFL. That is Chris Moxley, by the way. I am Matt Bruning. This is Debbie Debate on Campus to Can't YouTube page. If you are new here, hit that like and subscribe button. We're trying to get to 3,000 subs as quick as possible. We got to talk Jim Harbaugh. I mean, clearly... Clearly, man is terrified of what Ryan Day is doing right now at Ohio <laughs> State, building up building up that team for 2024. No, all kidding aside, I mean, this is the perfect time for him to go. Wins a national championship at his alma mater. There's really not much else he can do there at this point. Goes to a very good team in the Los Angeles Chargers. Great defense. It's kind of underperformed over the past couple of years. What we believe to be a franchise quarterback. I mean, I love Justin Herbert. I think he's got all the talent in the world. Some would say he's underperformed. I would say he's had a really crappy offensive coordinator and 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 really head coach in Staley the past couple of years. So all that being said, what are your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh? And then we'll talk about, obviously, who we believe will be taking over Michigan here now that he is gone. I mean, he proved himself to be a successful head coach. Three or four seasons he was in the conference championship. I mean, he's a good coach. Period. Yeah. Regardless of where he, the level he's coaching at, so I think that's a nice hire for the Chargers, and I, I am really not surprised. I thought this was the way it was going to go, especially with the pending NCAA investigations. Not, not really shocked. Yeah, I mean, I was. I'm not. I'm. A, I, don't, I wouldn't say shocked. I thought the longer it was going, I thought there was a better chance that he was just going to return to Michigan, and like it's because they were figuring out the NCAA stuff. But the fact that he is going to the Chargers, uh, you know, Drew asked the question here. With him going, do we think anybody leaves? I don't think they have any offensive skill position players. I think would make massive differences. Uh, the The main thing would be Col- defensive Colson players and Loveland. probably offensive line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Colson Love. Don- a, a good shot. I mean, Dom Edwards, but I don't think either of those guys are going to leave, depending on who the hire is, for what's worth. Yeah. Which we believe is going to be Sharon Moore. Yeah. Uh, there is a rule in place that what is it has to be posted for seven to 10 days. I saw you tweet about it. So go ahead and explain that. And then, and why we think Sharon Moore is going to take over. Yeah. So a lot of public schools and public institutions uh, require that a job is posted for seven days. And, you know, you see this sometimes in like private jobs too, uh, or industry. I actually think there's a waiver that will be pushed through. Basically the waiver says if there's a business impact to the university that will outweigh the diversity and hiring 
um, process, then the waiver will be granted. I think that's probably going to be the case here. So usually it would be seven days. I am guessing, and I'm not a lawyer, but based on the language of the Michigan hiring guard guidelines, that it will be announced quicker due to a waiver. That is my guess. But either way, even if that's not the case, they will tell the players that it will be Sharon Moore. Yeah, that would be, I mean, that's kind of what everybody had been hinting at anyways. He 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 stepped in and was the interim head coach for, what was it, six games this year? Three games to start off the season and three games to end the season because uh, Jim yeah. Harbaugh was suspended twice this year. Did a good job with the offense. I mean, I, I think you could, I actually think you could say he did a, a really commendable job in the fact that when they played their tougher opponents, they, in all essence, kind of removed the passing game from their offense and yet still <laughs> won those games. So you could say that he did a, a, an amazing job, but as good of a job as he did and as good of a job as I think Michigan is and will be moving forward, I think we have to kind of question what 2024 is going to be for them. They have, so for those of you who don't know, we talked a lot about this re recently with all the coaching moves and the coaches moving from different uh, schools. This now does open a 30-day window for Michigan players to enter the transfer portal if they so choose. I don't think we will see any real impact players, especially like you said, if Sharon Moore gets the job, he is beloved there. Just go look at, I think it was the win against Penn State when he was crying, you know, Jim yeah. Harbaugh next to God, all that other good stuff, whatever. But the players love him. I don't think any of those guys, I don't think many Michigan players, if any, will enter the portal. I think you will be able to keep most of that team in place. I, I tend to agree with that for basically the same reasons that you said, but I also think Michigan is more likely to hire him. And I, I it sounds like Jesse Mentor, the defense coordinator, who I think would have been a good hire too, is, yeah. is going with Harbaugh to the NFL, which I think he, he's sense. awesome. I mean, he would, he yeah. would have been a head coach candidate probably, but I think stability really matters. I mean, you saw what happened at Alabama and I think you saw what happened at Washington and both programs basically were decimated by the portal. Like even if Sharon Moore isn't the answer and I'm not sure he is either. Like I thought he did a pretty good job this year, but I, I'm not convinced that like long-term he's, he's the guy. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's pretty smart to do it, especially in the era of the transfer portal and the current window that we're at in the portal with the 30 days. I don't think the defense is leaving. The defense is really what's the strong point of Michigan. They have a lot of returning production from underclassmen. Like we're talking about Will Johnson in the chat. I don't think Will Johnson is going to leave. I think if Sherman Moore stays, Will Johnson will stay. And that would be a huge key. And that's the only reason Michigan will be competitive, honestly, in this season is the defense. And yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of guys end up do staying. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume Jesse Minter is gone. That has been all the, the rumors. It makes sense. He was the defensive coordinator for the Ravens before he left his brother to come to the other. I why their names are now. To, left John Harbaugh to come to Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> coach at Michigan. Makes sense for him to go back into the NFL and be a defensive coordinator. Again, for a very, very good defense. Like, I'm a massive Justin Herbert fan, so like, I'm a pseudo Chargers fan uh, because of that. I, I personally, just on the NFL side really quick, I know he did good with the 49ers, specifically Colin Kaepernick got him to it was one Super Bowl, multiple NFC championships. Yeah. Because they had the Brother Bowl, the Harbaugh Brother Bowl. Where the lights went out, right? Yeah, and the Ravens won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know that this is like a great I think it's a good football hire. I don't know that's great for Justin Herbert personally. I, I'm gonna be very curious to see who they bring in as offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean he he and Greg Roman were partners on that Colin Kaepernick ride. And Herbert's obviously a different quarterback. He's mobile, but he's obviously not Colin Kaepernick. So it'll be interesting to see who he hires as the office coordinator. Cause I don't think Sharon Moore is going. I think Sharon Moore is, is staying at Michigan, like we've said, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be a very interesting hire. I, so I've seen a couple message board posts and I, yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting about this specifically is Ward Manuel's job in question. He's the athletic director at Michigan and him and Harbaugh, allegedly i don't think it's ever been confirmed confirmed yeah hate each other like legitimately hate each other i don't know that you want to fire him because the success of the other michigan programs although the basketball season's kind of been trash the rockies program is really good but in general i i kind of wonder about that aspect of it um just as a note the other note that i had that i wanted to mention was michigan was willing to do two things they were willing to offer him the highest 
paid yeah. coach in all of college football, and they were willing to make exceptions for the pending NCAA investigations. And that's pretty important. I, I think what we saw from the pending investigations was potential fines, penalties, I you know, reduced recruiting visits, reduced practice days. Would they reduce the number of scholarships? I don't know. But something was going to come of this, and Harbaugh was basically like, if it implicates me, I need protection on my contract. And they are willing to give him all of the things he wanted. I think he just wanted to coach NFL, which makes sense. The one hire that I am wondering where he goes is Ben Herbert, which is the strength and conditioning coach for Michigan. He plays a bit. Michigan is a developmental program. They have not recruited yeah. at a high level, honestly, no, in the last couple of years. He's played a huge job in getting those dudes' bodies ready for the NFL. So I will be very intrigued where he goes. And I would bet he joins the Chargers, but Michigan would probably have to pony up if they want to keep him. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the reasons Felix has been asking Jim Harbaugh to get fired for multiple years is because he's not recruited well enough to beat Ohio State, and then yet he's beat no. Ohio State three years in a row and then just won a national championship, so. Kind of a little bit of egg on Felix's face for that one. But um, I guess he was taking it right on the recruiting side of things, and you're right there. I mean, he, they have developed those guys. I mean, they're probably going to, I think, break the record this year for most players drafted in, in the NFL draft from a single team with the amount of players that could possibly be drafted from Michigan this year. It's going to be uh, it's going to be very close with, I think, Georgia broke it a couple years ago. So It was, it was like 19 or something crazy like yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, we... We talked last week about our 12-team playoffs. Neither one of us put – what, did you put Michigan? I did not put Michigan in. I put Michigan in because okay. I thought that what they were turning on defense was good enough. And that, that's probably still the case. Like, I don't think Harbaugh leaving changes that for me, for what it's worth. I just don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. Alex Orgy, Jaden Davis, like, neither one of those guys inspire a lot of confidence. J.J. McCarthy didn't, didn't uh, attempt a – pass in the right. second half of the Penn State game and they still won. So I'm not super concerned. That's that's very true. They do still have Donovan and he's Edwards and he's better than like I like that statement gives him credit for, like in terms of versatility and whatnot, but still like they can beat the majority of their schedule just because they can out physical you. Like they're which is goes back to the strength and conditioning question of who's yeah. they're going to be their strength and conditioning coach. But yeah, I, I still I'm not downgrading them a significant amount, even though I am downgrading them some. Where would you rank them in the Big Ten right now? I mean, it can't be lower than third, I would think, but two. I mean, who's uh, well? I could. I, I think you make a good argument for Oregon. That would be who two. I put it. To. Um, Ducks. especially if we expect some attrition from Michigan roster, even if it's not significant. Depth yeah. still matters. So, yeah, I, I mean, two or three probably. I don't think there's a team that I would put. Like, I wouldn't pen, put Penn State over them. I wouldn't put no. USC over them. I wouldn't. Yeah. Like, I don't think not there's Washington. A, yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah. So I, Michigan still has the dues on defense unless they see a lot of attrition. I think they're still probably a playoff team. So hang on just to, Oh man, it's all, I just messed it up. This is probably going to mess up the live show. Nope. never mind. Yep. It did. That's all right. We'll fix that here in just a second. We're still here folks. You can hear me talking. So what you're trying to tell me though, is then, uh, oh, is that means these uh, guys are number one for you in the Big Ten right now? Yeah? I don't know who else it would be. I mean, the, I mean, I don't the job they did retaining NFL talent. Oh, my gosh. You should not be you should not be allowed to do this if Michigan just won the national championship. And they I, got beat no, by... No, why not? And they beat Ohio State, what, three years in a row now? They did, yep, yep, yep. But it won't yeah, be four. It won't I mean, be four. I don't think you should be allowed to do this. First of all, second of all, yes, Ohio State is certainly the best team in the Big 12 or sorry, Big 10. Um, just the, the amount of stuff, the, the amount of guys they convinced to come back that were legit NFL <laughs> prospects, JTT, yeah. Denzel Burke. I mean, obviously, like, I don't think there's a team that's more talented. J than them. Yeah, JTT, Jack Sawyer. Trayvon and I don't Henderson. I don't even like Will Howard, by the way. Like, I don't think oh, Will yeah, Howard is <laughs> a, a upgrade, a significant upgrade over Common Court, but like. It probably isn't going to matter. Yeah, I mean, I'm, one. It's going to be a really fun season because it's going to be. I mean, either we're all going to be sitting here. I don't know. Smiling's the right word because, like, if Will Howard Grim is grimacing as mediocre as we think he is, or he is just going to ball out, and Mike Valerie is just going to have the victory lap of victory laps because that dude loves him. Some Will put, Howard is like put him in a Lonely Island class, music so. video. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a little bit ridiculous. Um. How dare you, JJ? 
JT Tumuloa is not mid. Like he may not be like the best defensive player in this class. I think he was ranked as coming out, if I'm remembering correctly. But Sawyer is a little bit mid. I'll give you that. Well, I think they're De- both high end college produ- pr- producers. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred like, percent. Like impact I mean, J- guys. JT was it last year? No, two. Yeah, was it last year? I can't remember. Last year, two years ago, like literally one Ohio State to Penn State game. Yeah, an interception last, return for yeah, interception return for a touchdown, a fumble return for a touchdown, multiple sacks. Like he won them that game. So I don't know. He's at least a great college producer. I agree with you. So before I think this, I believe the thumbnail was changed by Felix and everything else. Before that, we were going to be talking about Dabo. My fa- my favorite topic. I know, I know. I'm just waiting for Shane to jump in the chat any minute. I'm actually not going to be that mean to to Dabo, but. We are looking at what is going to be a brand new era of college football now moving forward. I don't know if you saw the Deion Sanders interview with, was it Bleacher Report? I don't remember. I, I did not see the interview. Okay, so. so just to give a recap of it, I'm not going to try and like speak verbatim for, verbatim for what he said because I don't remember exactly. But the gist of it was he has become very close to Nick Saban over the past couple of years, you know, due to the Aflac commercials and all that stuff. And he believes that part of the main reason of why he stepped away from the game is because of where college football is going. And he just doesn't want to be a part of that anymore. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just what he kind of said. Maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't. I think Nick Saban would have dominated anyway. He's he's found a way to dominate every time college football has changed. And it's changed multiple times throughout his coaching tenure. Dabo Sweeney, on the other hand, seems to be one of those coaches who kind of refuses to change and get with the times. And I am very curious at what your thoughts are going to be on him moving forward. So I do want to mention... He does and has, over the past couple of years, done a pretty good job recruiting. So just going back for the past couple of years, we'll go back to 2021. Uh, what was it in 2021, if I can get this book? He had the number fifth class, the, the fifth ranked class overall. 2022, it was the 10th ranked class. In 2023, it was the 11th ranked class. And then in 2024, it was the fourth, uh, the 24th ranked class. So he, was it 24? No, that, does, that doesn't sound right. Let me double check that. 12th ranked class. He's been top 15 every single year. Here's the interesting one, though. And this is where college football has changed in a massive way. And I know it's what you're going to talk about. So I just want to give you a couple couple points here. In 2024, the transfer rank class, not rated because they didn't bring anybody in. In 2023, their transfer ranking was 101. In 2022, their transfer rank was 156. I didn't even realize there was 156 teams in college football, but that's the ranking that they got. And then going to 2021, it was also not ranked because there was literally no transfer portal activity from them whatsoever. You just set me up to take a swing? Yep. Um, There were a lot of reports that Clemson tried this year, uh, especially along the offensive line. They didn't get anybody committed but they tried and so i want to give Dabo credit for doing that is that the bare minimum yeah it's the bare minimum but it's a change in philosophy in some capacity and he may have only been recruiting dudes out of like holy cross or like byu or something right like they they they, there may have been a very strict criteria of who he was committed Furman, right like it was probably a pretty strict criteria but at least he tried a little bit. I, I think that tells you that Clemson's booster community and influential voices around the football program were probably pretty unhappy with the not ranked classes that they've had in the transfer portal. And I, if he tries a little, like he's a good recruiter. That is not the issue. Oh, he yeah. knows how to get dudes in campus. He needs people that will buy into his philosophy. And those players, generally speaking, aren't in the transfer portal. And I don't think Clemson is willing to play ball at with NIL the same way that other top five, 10 programs are. And you're limited. I he's in Clemson, South Carolina. Like he's doing a pretty good darn darn good job given the resources that he has. It's just I don't know that he can hit the highs, especially in the ACC when you have Florida State and Miami who are killing it in the NIL game. Like I don't know. I just don't know what the ceiling is for the program in you know, 2024 and beyond. 
Do you, how worried are you about Clemson's fall? Because I picked them to make the playoffs. I think they've got a good shot to go this year. Obviously, a lot of that's going to come down to Kate Klubnick, who I think has been, you know, since mid is being thrown around in the chat here for a lot of other players. I think mid at best. I don't think he's a, a program changer. And I mean, I don't, they haven't recruited anybody off the top of my head that I can think of as going to be a program changer either. So that'll be the key thing is I don't think they're bringing a transfer portal quarterback in. Christian Vizina still on the roster? He was a five-star, right? Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of mid, continue. Yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree, right? Like, they've recruited really poorly at really important positions. Uh, Klubnik seems like it was possibly a whiff, if, certainly based on last year. Uh, they haven't brought in a quarterback that we like. I mean, Vizina was a high-end recruit, but I we were not big fans of his yeah. the offensive line recruiting has been poor at best. They've bringing, they continue to bring in only one archetype of wide receiver, which is like a six, three guy who can't really separate. It's it, it is what it is at this point yeah. with Clemson. They need to adapt. I don't know if they can adapt enough. Their ceiling might be a top 10 team that, makes the playoffs in really good years and just misses in others because Dabba does enough to recruit the high school side of things. I don't think he's getting, I, I don't think Clemson can win a national championship the way that things are currently constructed. Dang it. That, that answers my question. I was going to ask you what I think <laughs> is going to be. Well, I'll still ask you because I think it's going to be an intriguing yeah. question, although probably a little bit different. We've seen him somewhat do good in the transfer portal, but opposite side of that, not, done a very good job recruiting granted it was at washington who went to national championship first clemson and dabba or alabama and kalen DeBoer? i would assume kalen DeBoer. um just the resources so i say resources and i use that liberally because alabama does not have a, an extensive nil program actually it's probably one of the worst in the yeah sec west if i had to guess and i i don't know specifically like what their numbers are or aren't but a lot of the attraction to Alabama for recruits was Nick Saban. Now you don't have Nick Saban and Nick Saban is worth a lot of money in NIL. Yeah. Yeah. So I would still say Bama because I think they can get that funding. And I think that their um, facilities and DeBoer's willingness to use the portal is yeah. going to do a lot. It's also still Alabama, right? Like Nick Saban wasn't the only thing that made Alabama successful in their course of history, right? They probably have, I you could argue the second best coach ever, Bear Bryant. I know that was a yeah. long time ago, and I know the situation was different. I know you could bring as many dudes as you want to your roster, but still, like, yeah, that Drew in the chat made a great point, which I was going to, right? Like Ryan Williams came back to Kalen yeah. DeBoer. I think it's a really good sign. It's a and massive, think, massive I, one for Alabama. Yeah, I actually think the Austin Max stuff is kind of intriguing. Like, I don't. It seems like Kalen DeBoer really likes him. Yeah. And so it makes me want to go back and reevaluate how I feel about Mac a little bit, especially if they're willing to run off Julian Sane. And I'm not sure Julian Sane was the answer either, like, even though he's a really good prospect. I'm just, I like Alabama. I, I think they're still well-situated. I'm not, they, they just oh. need to get buy-in from the NIL community. And I think they can. Right. Nick Saban ain't leaving. Nick Saban still got an office in, office in the stadium. He ain't going nowhere. He's He's going to be in those conversations recruiting boosters. Yeah, I well, we'll stick on Alabama here. JJ in the chat says, uh, Bama title run within three years, book it. We'll see. I mean, if so, I mean, Kalen DeBoer, I, I think you have yeah. to then start talking about as one of the better coaches in all college football in a massive way for what he was able to do at Fresno and Washington. Was he like a, I think it's like a hundred and something and three after or 80, 90 something and three after his first year coaching, whatever, something incredible. Stat. He won, I mean, he won three national championships already, yeah, yeah, and a but yeah. still. So with the Ryan Williams thing, that is a big win. As Drew, Drew mentioned, great. I mean, it, it makes sense. We've seen what Kalen DeBoer has been able to do with wide receivers, not just Romo Dunze, Jalen McMillan, and Jalen Polk last year. I mean, Jalen Moreno Cropper was extremely successful at Fresno State as well. So it makes sense, in my opinion, for him to go back to Alabama. I think it's a good fit. The Austin Mack thing is intriguing to me. It's not that we didn't like him. We did like him. I believe we put him in our tier two. He may have been tier three. I don't remember in our freshman supplemental guide because he reclassified late on in the process. And Felix Co wrote up the profile. For Colin him. Decker, number one fan. 
Colin Deckard's a massive fan of it. We all liked him. And if I'm remembering correctly, he would have probably been on the verge of like a five-star in this class because it's the class he reclassified out of. There was a lot of talk about how good and how well he was looking already for this current class. Julian Say and DJ Lagway, Dylan Rayola. This is a underwhelming quarterback class, just to put in yeah, context. Yeah. What we evaluated, though, was like all so- almost all sophomore tape because he got injured in his junior season. I don't, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't believe he played his entire junior season, and then he did not play at all last year. It's just hard for me to trust those quarterbacks because we've seen those players who have, whether it's, you know, you know reclassified or quarterbacks for whatever reason that have missed a year or two of football and not really been able to come out and really show anything. That's what I'm worried about. I trust Kalen DeBoer. He's going to likely have a very good offensive line. I don't think Alabama's going to have any issues recruiting offensive line talent. So he'll probably have a good offensive line. He's got the arm, not really mobile. And I trust Kalen DeBoer when it comes to scheming the offense open. I, I, I actually would say if you go back and watch a lot of Michael Penick's tape, not to say like he, that he's not a good quarterback prospect, there's a lot of times that he's hitting wide open wide receivers because Kalen DeBoer does a really good job of scheming these offenses open, like his wide receivers open. So, Austin Max going to be able to throw to those players. But if you're looking at, at least from my point of view, the grade point, Julian Sain was almost a tier one quarterback for me. Now, he's not as good. He would not have been up there with a Arch, Dante Moore, and Malachi, who I all had in my tier one last year. He'd have been like just barely above that 80 line. So for us, our five star is anybody with an 80 grade or higher. I have been like a 79.75. He just, I, he, I, Battled back and forth. I don't think he's a tier one guy, so I'm not going to put him in tier one. But I do think he's better than Austin Mack, at least what I think he is as a quarterback prospect. I think he's safer to project. He is Mac Jones to me. And that's where I thought he would have thrived in Kalen DeBoer's offense because he knows how to maneuver the pocket. He was great pocket manipulation. He's got a good arm, not a great arm. Like he will thrive in the short and inter- intermediate parts of the field. He has a lot of great velocity in those throws. Does a really good job of throwing with touch, can throw around players. He, he does throw from different arm slots, can throw with touch, throw over linebackers. But when he does go down the field, the ball does lose a little bit of that velocity, which you won't see with Austin Mack. Austin Mack has a very good arm. But I think he'd be able to run that offense and distribute the ball. I just have questions about Austin Mack. And I get it, like... You you have to have some faith in him, I guess, because Caleb Moore brings him over from Washington. He knows the system. He was in it all year last year. I just I think some people are getting a little out ahead of their skis now and talking about this dude like we think he's just going to be great because he's a Kalen DeBoer quarterback. I'm a little concerned is all I'm going to say. And I think that's fair, right? Like you don't want to just make the assumption because he was evaluated as such, but. I mean, that reminds me of the Tyler Buckner career path, which is like we barely saw him play in high school. And I mean, it's it's scary. It's it's Queen Ewers. Yeah, Queen Ewers declaring early, and he he had it. I mean, he had injuries too, right? Yeah. So you're, it's a tough evaluation. But I think where we were maybe 12 months ago on Austin Mack versus where we should be today, I think we should be higher on him. I think we should put some faith in that. I don't know that he's going to start this year. But I do know, well, I don't know. I, I don't know anything. I'm not killing the board. But I, I do think Jalen Merrill has a pretty short lease. I really do, especially in this offense. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. So where would you, I know I'm just like coming straight off the top of the head here, but like where would you feel safe ranking Austin Mack? I, I know we talked our top 10 last week. I don't know if that's a too difficult of a question to ask you at the moment. I've not done my finished my quarterback rankings. I've literally had my top 10 done. So, um, um, top 24. Okay. Uh, probably about, I'm looking at my rankings right now and I, I, my rankings are still including, um, guys we're going to leave for this draft. So about, you know, I put him above Preston stone, Riley Leonard, Will Howard. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure I would put him above, Garrett Nussmeyer, who I still really like. So, like, in that range, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm looking at mine now, some of which is done. So, I would feel safe. So, my 24 range, I have Dylan Gabriel, Cade Klubnick, Riley Leonard, Jaden Rashada, Will Howard. So, I feel like that's a – I'd probably put him ahead of all those players, actually. Yeah. 
I, I, well, I don't think Jalen Milrow is going to win Arizona start. I have him. I mean, I have behind Jalen Milrow. I have him behind okay. Am, Cameron Ward. Like, I think he's behind those guys. Um, Ty Simpson versus Austin Mack. I think Austin Mack, like, by a billion. I uh, mean, at, this, at this point, with all the information that we've been given, yeah. um, and Ty Simpson didn't even... I thought Ty Simpson played better in the spring game than Jalen Milrow, but when he came in, he looked pretty horrendous. I mean, I've been trying to tell you guys for two years that Ty Simpson... Uh, listen, like, I... So, you know, just saying. I, Ty Simpson, Kate Klubnick. I was right. Ty Simpson, Kate Klubnick. You were, too, you were too low in the beginning. I yeah, maintain that. True. But yes, they both they, they were... both still deserve to be ranked in the 60s, in my <laughs> opinion. I uh, well, did you tank Gabe Klubnik to the 60s? Is that where you have him? No, no, not no. I think he's I have him top 24 right now. He'll probably okay, so he drop. gained value. He gained 50 points of value. Got it. Okay. No, you I'll be points. I'll be honest. I just got scared and you guys I let you guys bully me into raising him <laughs> up my ranking. Because so. I never felt like 60 was probably too harsh. Well, let's be honest. 60 was oh, too that's harsh. All, that's all I was saying. That's all I was saying. But I didn't feel he deserved to be ranked. I don't think Ty Simpson being a 60 was, was too harsh. He has done nothing to improve that value. I actually think he's probably gone the other way. I think you could rank 60 players ahead of Ty Simpson fairly comfortably. I agree with that. K Club, Nick, not so much. So I one for a, one. We'll go. I have Ty one. Simpson ranked 123rd. Oh, geez. I don't think I have him that low. Let me see. <laughs> I just think that, that's. Him. That is uh that is bad. Um I'm gonna let you talk this one because I don't want my bias to come out at all. You know, it's not uh, like I have any rooting interest in this school. Of course you keep doing this. All right. All right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Do you think this is Ryan Day's last stand with everything that they have done? I can't believe there's there's no there's no possible way they don't beat that team up north this year, right? Michigan? Right. Michigan, yeah. the Michigan yeah. Wolverines. Yeah, that team. Yeah, I think they beat that team down south. I mean, no, I'm I'm joking. But if Ryan Day loses again to Michigan, based on all the stuff that's happened, Harbaugh's gone. Their roster's turning over. I don't think he's staying. I really don't. I just don't think you can keep Ryan Day off four straight losses to Michigan. I just, he, I mean, he was born on third base. Like, I legitimately believe that. I do. Harbaugh is the one who said it, but he was. So where's where's Sharon Moore born at then? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You don't have to answer that. I saw Ohio State Twitter going crazy with that. I think it's a little bit overblown. But Sharon Moore, by the way, first black head coach in the history of Michigan football. Is he? Yeah, awesome. he is. Congratulations to him. Um, or full-time head coach. Uh, so that's cool. But yeah, I just don't think Ryan Day. Yeah, Ryan Day he needs to, if he loses to Michigan, he needs to make the championship game or win. Like, JJ, that is, the, that is you're, you're about to get banned. You're about to get banned. Let's calm down. Let's I'm calm yeah, down. And I'm not even sure Sharon Moore's the answer. But if you lose to Sharon Moore again, I mean you're. In your house day, I mean, I don't have an answer for you. Ryan Day needs to go. Where, like, I, I just objectively believe that. Where's, where's the goalpost go? What, what does he have to do? Is it win a national championship and his job safe? Is it make first round of the playoffs? Well, he needs to beat Michigan, make the playoff, and make the playoffs. And I think his job is safe for a year. I think if he beats Michigan, his job will be safe. I don't think he can lose to Michigan again and come back. I just don't. Like, I just don't think Ohio State's fans are going to take that. Like yeah, I mean you're a fan with and I mean you're more level headed than some of the people in my DMs talking about how I hate Will Howard and think he sucks. Like, yeah, guess what? I do. I, that's a bad quarterback job for Ohio State. Yeah, it is. Anyway. I mean, if he loses to Michigan again, he's gone, right? I don't know. It's 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 easy to say that, but like who do you replace him with? Would you that, that's- rather have Ryan Day or Luke Fickle? Because, I mean, he was the guy who was always Ryan rumored Day. to go to Ohio State. Yeah, I, I agree. Ryan Day. Would you rather have – I mean, I don't even know who – My – I mean, Dan Lanning wouldn't take that job, right? Oh, God, I'd take Dan Lanning in a heartbeat. <laughs> but Over Ryan Day. Oh, yeah, Dan Lanning. I love Dan Lanning. I love Dan Lanning. Look, like JJ says, Ryan Day and CJ Stroud lost to, to, to JJ McCarthy. Ryan Day didn't lose. Carey and that horrible defense lost to JJ McCarthy. It wasn't even JJ McCarthy. They lost to Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. Or no, they wouldn't even Blake Corum. It was Donovan Edwards. Um, wait, go back. 
Yeah. Ryan Day lost to Georgia, though. Ryan Day was oh, the 100%. reason. Oh, 100%. I didn't, I didn't years say ago Georgia. They lost to Georgia. He did. So that's what I was going to say. My only complaint about Ryan Day is in those moments, I'll just he say it this way. His butthole puckers way too much. Yeah. He That Georgia game, he was in his bag for 58 minutes and whatever seconds. And then in that final drive, he got too conservative. They ended up losing yards. And then you put the game on your field goal kickers. What I complained about the bills game that happened on Sunday night. You can't, when you're playing a team like that, you cannot put it on your field goal kicker. So yeah, that's been my only complaint about Ryan day. I do think he is a very good head coach and he's a great offensive play call. I, I, I truly believe that. I mean, say what you want about Kyle McCord. Their offense still was pretty damn good last year. And many people believe, I mean, if the, the quote has been, if, if Ryan day can do that with the Syracuse starting quarterback, like, you know, what does he do with the guy who's going to be really good, who they might have in Julian saying now we'll see. I think that he is a very good head coach and I think getting rid of him because he's losing to your rival is just short-sighted because I don't know who you bring in that's going to change anything for you. And especially with what he's done recruiting, because you can say whatever you want about him being born on third base. And I get that at Ohio state, you're always going to have some sort of built-in advantage when it comes to recruiting because it is Ohio state. So you're going to win, but the players that they're getting and to be a top three class, I think he's been top at least five every single year that he has been the head coach of, of, of the Ohio state. You're not guaranteed that. The problem is, in my opinion, they've gone too finesse. That's why Jim Harbaugh has been able to bully ball beat them every single year the past three years. He needs to he needs to get back on that. They've had the, the great defense last year. And, of course, like my thing would be if they had the defense they had last year for CJ Stroud or Justin Fields, I think they win a national championship. And let's also be honest, and I get it, if and nuts is candy butts, however the, however the hell that saying goes. If they make that field goal against Georgia, they're stomping probably TCU, maybe not as bad as Georgia did, but they're stomping TCU. Ryan Day has a national championship to his name right now. Nobody's having that conversation about him. Yeah, but I think you could put that loss on Georgia squarely on his shoulders. Like, I agree. You can't you. say, okay, yeah, well, if the yes, kicker makes it, then this happens. Yeah, but don't put yourself in that situation because you don't I have agree. to. I agree. Like, like I, 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 Ryan I Day yeah. is a bad or a. Minus you know, EV coach on game day. Bottom line, that's what he is. He's a you know minus EV coach on game day. You, and you might, you, I know you don't pay that close attention to the NFL, so you, you may not get this reference, but you know who he is? He's Philadelphia Eagles Andy Reid. In that he, I watched, you remember, I used to watch the NFL, okay. so I understand that reference. If you remember that, like, he would always, always winning multiple years with Donovan McNabb, making the NFC championship games, they made that Super Bowl but was really bad with clock management and toward the end of the game, just couldn't get it done. He's also still bad at clock management, but yes, he is still bad at clock management. That's correct. He also has Patrick Mahomes, which helps a lot. But once he got to the Chiefs, he was able to get over that hump. I just think Ryan day needs that break. I think he is a good head coach. I would say he's a top. Is it fair to say five head coach in college football altogether? He's no worse. Top 10 than top 10. He's not worse than top 10. I mean, I, it off the top of my head, I, I can't think of five better. I would say he's five or six. He's probably in that range. I'd rather have Kalen DeBoer. I don't know if I would. He's better. He's better on game day. And I mean, you get the Ohio State resources. Uh, He is better on game day. Absolutely. Than Ryan Day. A little bit different, but he was, he's way better. Ohio State played better against them than than Washington did. And Washington had, oh no, they only had a week. I was going to say that a whole month to prepare. Yeah. Washington talent versus Ohio State talent. That's a big difference. I'm just saying, you know, and look, look, we can't put that loss on him. It was on Kyle McCord. How do you throw that awful interception there, Kyle? I'm, I'm, I'm still your friend, but that was bad. I'm just kidding. Enough Ohio State. Mr. McCord to be in your DMs. We, um, we already talked Alabama, so we'll do some of these questions. So, hubby, hubsy wubs, I'll let you answer this one. You're, how do you think C two C strategy changes this and changes based on the size of the league? I imagine strategy for a ten team start eight should operate differently from a twelve team start twelve. Specifically, interested in how the value of Debbie versus CFF production might change smaller versus bigger leagues. Yeah, I think Debbie becomes a lot more important when your league is smaller. I think you can find CFF production later in drafts at that point. 
uh, especially if you're starting fewer options. I mean, you could be drafting do uh, generally speaking, our, our drafts are 45 rounds. So, yeah, you know, C2C draft, you could be finding producers in rounds 35 to 45 and feel good. I would actually emphasize Debbie at that point. And it also probably, speaking of a specific position, probably devalues quarterbacks a little bit because you have more options at the NFL level as well. So that's how I would operate in a, um, in a smaller C2C league, assuming it's the same size in the NFL, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that on, in a smaller league, if you're talking about an eight team league, I think the Debbie value goes through the roof, especially in the fact that you're going to be able to get those guys much later in your drafts. Yeah. The CFF guys are going to, as Chris said, be widely available toward the end. You'll probably be able to get a lot of those guys off waivers too, if you want. So I would definitely prioritize uh, Debbie players a lot more in a smaller team draft. If you're talking about just a regular 12 teamer, then I'm probably sticking with the same thing of like those first five to 10 rounds, you know, depending on who's really available and how you want to value. And I mean, there are times that I'll take some CFF guys as early as like round 15, 16. I know some people wait longer. It really just kind of depends on how the draft's going, but I would definitely in a smaller league really he- uh, lean heavily toward um, Debbie players. What do you do with Travion Henderson and Quinn Sean Judkins? I'm assuming this is more of like a CFF question because Debbie-wise, I think they both are sitting there as probably two of the top running backs in Debbie. Dude, I don't know what you do with them CFF. I'm not drafting either, probably, to be honest, unless they start going later, and I'm not sure they're going to go later. I mean, I have not been involved in CFF drafts. I know we have a couple mocks running, so and I haven't seen that data yet, but... I imagine I will draft maybe one late as an arbitrage situation where if the other gets injured, and that will probably be Quinchon Judkins. He's been healthier than Trevion throughout his career, so I think that he's the better guy to bet on, but I have probably avoid both in college fantasy if the asking price is a lot. So this is the best format to go with that if you got best ball, right? Best ball you want to try and you can have either one of them, I guess, because you're yeah, I think you know, probably one fast. of them will be starter worthy. It's just not knowing which one is going to be start worthy every single week. Yeah, I think you can be more aggressive at the position. Um, I mean, my guess is that Travion starts out as like a 55-45 split as the RB1 just because he's been in the system. But I, I don't know. I haven't see, seen anything on it. Yeah. They did pay. I assume they did pay him close to, what, <sighs> 900K? Because he was making 845 at Ole Miss, or like 850-ish. That is the reports. I think, what was it, Lane Kiffin tweeted out a link to an article. I think it was by 11, 11 Warriors. I'm not sure who did it about how like they've spent $13 million to bring back the players and everything that they did to try and win this year, which is interesting because that's exactly what Ryan Day said in his press conference last year that said if we want to compete at the highest level, we need about $13 million in NIL funds. So I'm wondering if they pulled that number and is, said that. But is Is that across the roster, or is that just transfers? I couldn't tell you. I have, I like have all I know is they had 20 million set aside for Marvin Harrison Jr., according to reports by certain people on Twitter. So they probably have used most of that to bring in the transfers. I don't know. I don't know. That's just, you yeah. know, I'm just, yeah, I, what I, I, I don't think they use 13 million on their transfer class. That's just absurd. But I do think they probably a, a good chunk of money it has been spent bringing guys back. I, I mean, maybe it is 13 million. Maybe that's right. But that would be like all deals across the roster, I think. Do you have any undervalued or overvalued Devi assets? Um, I think Jackson Arnold is undervalued. I'm in a Devi draft right now, actually, and I just took him at the. I did this live on the air, so good radio. I just took him at the 209. I think that's too late for him to be going. It's not bad. Um, I I. I legitimately considered taking him at the 104. I did not because I knew I could get him later, just strategy wise. But I considered him in the first round. I actually think quarterbacks need to be drafted later this year in general, right? Like, we didn't have any in our first 14 picks of this draft. And I actually think that's probably correct. Uh, the quarterback's position is just not in a good place for college yeah. football right now especially in Debbie like it's 
so hard to predict. Like what's going to happen with Drew Aller? Is Kate Klubnik going to get better? The sophomores that are rising, Jackson Arnold, Nico specifically, but even Dante Moore, Malachi Nelson. I don't know what to do with those guys. I think they need to be, you know, downgraded significantly, but I are there. I still like their recruiting profile and we're only a year removed from that. So lots of questions. Uh, one undervalued for me, I'm going to stick with my guy, um, Gavin Sawchuk. I think he's got a chance to really dominate this year I like that. at, uh, at Oklahoma. He is a little bit of a smaller back, what he can do receiving wise and everything. I think he's going to be really good. I think Carnell Tate's being a little bit overvalued if I'm being honest. Uh, and I know that the wide receiver landscape is just let's, I mean, you were just saying about quarterback, I think all the positions it's really rough right now in trying to to put rankings, but like a couple of the drafts I've seen, there's some that he's going off the board, like ahead of a Mecca. So I'm going ahead of uh, Tet and Zachariah Branch in, in one that someone posted online, like whoever him going above Tet is out of pocket is insane. Yeah, that's insane. That, that I, I understand the Isaiah bomb thing. I like Colonel Tate a lot. He just went 14th overall. Again, this Debbie draft that I'm mentioning, um, above Tez is out there. My concern with him is and we talked about it. Me and Felix have talked about it. I think that Ohio state is going, they were almost complete 50, 50 split last year. Run, run pass. I think that they're going to stick with that. If not go heavier run. I personally don't think will Howard is that much of an upgrade over Kyle McCord. If you look at the stats and, and um, not like, passing, if you look at the, yeah, if you look at the, like, and just the easy to look at analytics and the deep analytics, like, then nothing points to Will Howard ever being better than Kyle McCord. He's a much better rusher. I should t- say that. And if you look at what Bill O'Brien did in Alabama with arguably just as good wide receivers with, you know, Jer- was it Jeremiah? Was it Burton? Was that who was? Uh, God, who was the kid who Jermaine transferred? Burton. I can't. Jermaine Burton. I don't know why I said Jeremiah. Jermaine Burton, James Williams. Williams. Uh, those couple of years that he was there in Alabama's offensive uh, coordinator, the split between the one and two was fairly similar. I don't think we are going to see like Carnell Tate get a massive domination of share here of, of receiving share in this offense, especially with Mecca coming back. So I think he's being a little bit overvalued. I don't think we're going to see any of those guys really stand out much for you in CFF this year. And, and I don't, I think he's probably a first round draft pick. Another undervalued guy. And I know this is going to like be going against the whole company here. Uh Oh, Brandon Ennis. I know he was a year. Oh my God. What, what if we didn't pick someone from Ohio state that was undervalued? Oh, that's a good question. I'm still, I'll stick with Brandon Ennis for a minute and I'll find one more <laughs> because he's just such a damn good route runner. And I think that he is going to be able to make a name for himself this year. It is hard to break out. And I get it. You are betting against the odds here. You and you and Austin have made that theory almost foolproof. It is very hard for those guys to, to, to end up doing something, but here's the thing. He is now valued so low. I think he is undervalued now. He does a great job running routes. I'll give you that. Yes, he does. On the practice field, because he's not getting on the field the game day. Oh, yeah, he will. He'll be in the number three. Mecca, Carnell Tate, and Brandon. Yeah, we'll see. Starting wide receivers. Jaden Ballard is still there, because maybe he'll be the three. Uh, he probably is. Who knows? I mean, Keon Gray's is still there. Who? He, so I had imagined Jaden Ballard is still there. Uh, we talked about this recently, Chris, but uh, I'll ask this on the show. You think Raheem Sanders bounces back a bit? I might have traded Kamara for a bunch of unproven dudes. What was your trade, Drew? Drop the whole trade in here so we can talk about that. But uh, oh, here it is. Uh, first ever C two C trade was me giving Alvin Kamara for Raheem Sanders, Caden Feegan, Bryken Nesbitt, and a third round supplemental pick. I I've seen that Kamara is going to be cut. Is that true? I don't know. I mean, it's possible. I don't think it's a big salary savings well. for New Orleans. It's not. And he okay. did not play well this year. He was suspended beginning of the year for the off-field Las, incident in Vegas. Vegas so stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, I, I, I know enough to be dangerous. Um, I don't know that I would have done that trade just because I think Kamara can resuscitate his value a little bit. I don't know what to think of Raheem Sanders, honestly. Like, he went to my Gamecocks. Last year was a disaster like he put on way too much weight and i don't know if that's a strength and conditioning problem at arkansas and i i i just don't know honestly what to think of him and south carolina brought in three other transfer portal running backs it's not like they just brought in sanders and they're like this is our guy like they brought uh ao day they brought in 
I can't remember his name from South Carolina State. Um, and they brought in somebody else, and that's on top of having Juju McDowell and Dotavius Braswell on the roster. So, like, I like Raheem Sanders. I think yeah. he's a good running back, but we need to see it again before we buy back in, in terms of, like, how I project him. So this doesn't mean that he's going to be good. Like I said, he, he he did definitely struggle this year, but I don't see him getting cut at least this year. His dead cap would be 17 mil. I don't think a team's going to take a dead cap of 17 mil on a running back. 10 mil is the year after and six in 2026. They possibly could do it in, in 2025 because the salary cap's going to keep going up. So 10 mil still is a lot to pay for dead cap on a running back. But is there not a morality clause in the NFL? I mean, this is probably like a tangent for another day, but like if your player commits some sort of crime that's um or like morale issue that's suspend like suspension worthy, you can't cut him. That feels like it's the case. Maybe Dorlands didn't want to, but like feels like that. Yeah, I mean that's in other it's in other sports leagues. I just would be surprised if the NFL hat didn't have it. That's a that's a deep uh dark rabbit hole to jump down. You think about some of the other players and things that they've done in the NFL and not been cut. So well, if you're not good, saying what Evan Kamara did was no. right, because it was not, but well, if you're good if it does, good enough, it doesn't matter. That that is very true. That doesn't matter wherever you are. I mean, you know, well, that's not true. In my job, if I were to be to do this no matter how good a job I am in my job, I'm probably would not be brought back who knows well you don't you don't have like four two five speed you're not terry kill debatable we'll find out at canton ohio because uh you know felix felix wants that smoke so let me give it to him i'm not touching on this subject that wasn't posted in the chat by the way but i you don't want to make Austin mad? I, okay. I don't want to make Austin mad i know i know okay how about this one then i understand the cardinal tate over mech egg buka and then I have I have I have non non football related. I got I got four non football related questions that were sent to me. I I understand Cardinal Buka, but I think Mecca just had a bad year last year, and I'm not totally convinced I'm gonna like downgrade him that much. I just think it was kind of a lost season. All right, that's it for football talk. So if you guys don't want to hear these random questions that were sent to me, then. Kirk Herbstreit, sorry, bud. We'll catch you next time. All that goes. So Felix will be back next week. You guys are excited about that. I hope I didn't spoil anything. Favorite TV show at the moment? Um, at the moment, it is probably the rehearsal from Nathan Fielder, which is just like a bizarre piece of television. Uh, I we're I've been through five episodes. We're gonna watch the six probably tomorrow. So. Bizarre, completely bizarre piece of television. Right now, I just started. I've not had a chance to finish it yet. Apparently, JJ likes that answer. Um, I just started the first episode of the new season of... Oh, my God. Why can't I think of the freaking name of the show? And I literally just watching it. True Detective. Just started watching it. So I'm excited about that. I heard, it, I heard the new season's pretty good so far. That's what I've heard. I've, I'm only 30 minutes into the first episode, so I'm hoping to finish watching that tonight. Um, and then I also have been watching um, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which has been interesting. I don't know if you... Uh, it's on Apple TV. It's about Godzilla and Titans and all that other stuff. No, I, uh, I've seen the movies. I haven't seen... It's uh, it's interesting. Either. It's not bad. It's it, it, it's uh, it's keeping me entertained, I guess. You know, There's questions yeah. I have, but you know, it's, it's entertaining. Yeah, I'm also rewatching Lost for like the third time. Oh, nice! I rewatched Ted Lasso again for the third time recently. So, which I hear, I don't know if I don't know if you know this statistic, but uh, you know, if you rewatch shows that you are technically, what is it, clinically depressed because you already know how the show turns out, yet you're rewatching it again. That makes a lot of sense. I rewatch shows all the time. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just saying. Uh, favorite movie of all time. Oh man, uh, can you go first this time? I don't have a favorite movie of all time. Like Dark Knight has to be up there. Prestige has to be up there. Love yourself. I'm just all like Christopher, Christopher Nolan movies. Nolan movies I know. Um, what's another one? No, Departed, Goodfellas. One that comes out of left field for everybody. I don't know if you've seen this movie. There's two of them. I absolutely love both of these movies. They're comedies. 
Uh, first one, the good guys with Ryan Gosling and dang it, why Kurt, it's not Kurt Russell? That's who's stuck in my head right now. Um, he's the gladiator. Are you not Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe. There, there we go. Have you ever seen that? Uh, no, but it is my favorite uh, movie. Is also a Russell Crowe movie. Gladiator. <laughs> no, I I love the movie version of Les Mis. Ah, uh, yeah, we talked about this. Who am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we had a whole thing on this. Uh, he Russell you know Crowe what? is is not a classically trained actor, yeah, or, or singer, but he has rock roots and it works. Felix Sharp in the chat, The Last Samurai. That's a good shout. You it's, spelled Samurai wrong, good. but that's that is movie. a good movie. Very good movie with Tom Cruise. Um, the other one though, the other comedy, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is like right around the time he kind of like came. Tropic Thunder. No, but that is a great movie. Could not be made today. What do you great mean, movie. you people? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. You ever seen that? I haven't. It has. Um, oh my god, I can't remember any of these actors now. Val Kilmer, is that correct? Iceman. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> Is that Iceman? Top Gun. I've, I've never seen Top Gun. You've never seen Top Gun? Jesus. Yes, I'm pretty sure it's Val Kilmer. Him and Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, Kilmer plays a gay detective who works with Robert Downey Jr., who's not a detective in any sort of way to like solve these murders. It's a, it's a, a very, very funny movie. You need to watch it, and then you can I, report back to me. Kiss, Kiss, seen, Bang, Bang, and the prestige, the prestige would be on my list as well. I love the twist. That movie's great. And... I try to think. Do I have one more movie? No, I'll probably. Well, I love Kill Bill. Like I love yeah. all Quentin Tarantino movies. Um, like specifically, like I love Pulp Fiction. Basically, the whole movie. Um, I love Reservoir Dogs, especially the scene where um, the torture scene. Get the torture scene. Yeah. Uh, just the the music going on in the background, yeah, yeah. Uh, like Steeler's Wheel. Great and. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, Uma Thurman is awesome in Kill Bill. Yeah. JJ with the 500 Days of Summer. That's a good movie. I don't know. It's like... It's a good movie. Great. Big fan of... Jeff. I like just Jeff Gordon Levitt. Yeah, so. yeah. Same, same. Oh, here. I need to pull up the... What was the other question? This is a little bit deeper. What is the one piece of advice you'd give to a new content creator starting out? Um authenticity is a lot more important than trying to make everybody happy. I, you don't have to fake niceness and fake like who you are about. Like yeah. authenticity goes a long way, both with gaining respect, but also gaining people who rally around you and your brand. I think authenticity is yeah. a very underrated aspect of what, uh, content creators are trying to provide. I agree with that. My other one would be, I know this is going to sound very cliche, but you really do need to love doing it because this can be very much a grind and there's going to be days that you don't want to, but if you truly enjoy doing it, I don't feel like it's as hard as people make it out to be like, you see people talk about it's such a grind and this and that, like if you need to take time off, take time off all that good stuff. But like, if you truly love doing it, I think it makes it a lot more fun and easier to do. But I, I agree with you. The authenticity thing, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people pretending to be a lot out there. So yeah, just, just being true to yourself. It goes a long way with your audience. I, yeah. I like, I truly believe that like sometimes, well, sometimes Austin would disagree. Um, and our, our podcast reviews would disagree with me, but <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. I think authenticity is extremely important and get it matters to your audience. They're you, long you, term. You, you want to know why that's all right? And Austin's definitely not listening this late into the show, so it's okay. That person who does that and leaves those reviews, like you can keep leaving those one star reviews. Like we'll still talk about those subjects when we want to. Like, you know, we're sorry that you don't like it. Oh, I've done oh, I've done it. I've done oh, it. I know, I, I know. Yeah. I, I my Twitter bio is Chris Moxie still hates America for a reason. Uh, the last one, last one. Your okay. favorite thing about C2C. Um, Which I assume they meant the company, but I really wasn't sure. So I just, that's we'll what just I, go with the company. That, yeah. Um, two things. Go ahead. I feel like everyone that we have brought on and is, it is 
part of the C2C family, as corny, you know, as that sounds. Um, we're all rowing the boat in the same direction. Everybody is part of something and buys it. And I, I think that's really important to um, just like believing, like we're not hiring mercenaries or reaching out and saying, posting job openings. All of our hires have been very intentional. People we respect, people we think are going to do a good job. Um, people who we believe in. And I, I think that we've done a really good job of doing that over time. Second, uh, as a newer company, you know, to the space in general, I think that we have, and I don't want to go into the details of, of this specifically, but we've done a really good job of treating our contributors very well. Yeah. I, I think compared to a lot of where the industry is at. And I always love to do better. It's all honestly like the first conversation that we have every year about like yearly. We, we have this conversation, which is how can we do better by people who are working with the company? We want everybody to feel like a valued member. And I like that's a big focus for us. And it really matters. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably hit on on the top, too. I mean, I, I love everybody that works here. I, I we, we don't always get to interact with everybody. We all have like our fingers in different parts of, of the, like I help with the Devi and C2C and then, but I don't really do anything with the CFF teams. Like I don't get to interact in that way with like Jared and Nate and Ethan, but we still get to interact and like, it's so much, the, the conversation never stops in the slack, which is what I love. And it's just a bunch of people who love college football. I respect everybody who works here. I've like become what I, I actually love is is not just them. I'll speak specifically, no offense to anybody else, but like to the seven of us and like how close we are as well. Like I truly appreciate having you guys in my life. We have all become, in my opinion, better. Even like I think if the company were to fold tomorrow, we would all still be very good friends outside of here, which I appreciate. Like I was literally just talking on the phone with Felix beforehand about a personal matter before <laughs> before we even jumped on the show. And I know Felix calls you all the time, Austin, Colin, Jarek, Alfred. Like it, I, I love working with all you guys and everybody on the team. I mean, from Mike and his craziness to. <laughs> <laughs> God, now I'm, I'm coughing like I'm getting choked up over here. To to Hannah with the amazing graphics, Nate and Jared, Ethan, what they do um, in with the CFF stuff. You got PJ who runs the mocks. We just brought Aaron in as well, who does a great job with on the Debbie team. Brandon Sanders with the uh, Big Fish uh, Little Pond. Uh, JJ in the chat, who's who's been awesome to to get to know. Been been fun to have him part of the team this year. Barnabas killing it with the NFL draft. We brought in Nelly, who does a podcast. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Tim uh, with the analytics. Oh, big wide receiver guy and David, who just I, oh, I think gosh, you could challenge any of the recruiting services with their just those two. We could put those two up against any of the big name recruiting services for what they do. So yeah, it's just been Dwight who does all of our editing and everything. Like it's just been. I don't want to forget anybody now. I feel I know. I, now I feel like, oh Nick Nick Nicholas Ian Allen. No, oh, of course Nick yeah, yeah. And, and Chris Chris K who I can just oh, yeah, bounce. Yeah. Wow, well, you know what ideas off of. He deserves this. He's a Michigan fan. He deserves that's exactly why I didn't want to mention him. Actually, he's he been a little bit unbearable in the chat, but I guess he deserves it. First time since like 1948, right? That they're undisputed national champions. So you you get to you get to have your moment, Chris. I'm I'm happy for you. I, I'm pretty sure Adam and Mike who just joined actually earlier this year to do our Canton Bound show as well uh, from uh, South Harmon. Go check out those guys as well. Do great podcasts with their stuff while I do our Canton Bound show. Like, it's been amazing to get to work with all of them. Like you said, we, you know, Austin spent up and brought PJ Fleck in uh, earlier this year to to give us a speech for the row the boat thing. And I agree with you. Like, we all row the boat in the same way, which I don't think all these companies always do. And it's, I think, speaks volumes to the leadership of, of some of the guys at the top here. And, and I'll just say Austin and Felix and what they do. Um, and, and you with the CFF side of things, and then just everybody just being so amazing in what they do. So, yeah, I, I appreciate everybody here. It makes my job easier. I just hey, yeah, sit exactly. on the microphone and talk. So, and I don't think we forgot anybody. Did we? I don't think so. If I did, you do have full right to shame me in the general chat. Do we shit out volume pigs? Volume pigs. Good job. That was probably the last one we forgot. Matt Fox. Golly. 
I just I listen. I our I'm only and I, he did all our only NFL content too. Matt Fox does. Oh yeah, all Matt of Fox like, king of NFL, king of the NFL. Like he destroys our NFL side of things. See, I'm pretty sure that is it now. I really hope so. I don't think we've got. Anything I hope so else. too because I'm oh justice. Who is our king of IDP? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm gonna have to go through the roster. I know, and I'm right gonna feel now, bad I'm sitting here like, sitting here thinking like God, it's like. You know what's gonna happen? You started naming too like, many names. The show's gonna end, and then we were gonna we forgot like Colin. That's who we didn't mention. Poor Colin on the back end, who handles everything. Now I know I mentioned Colin earlier, but yeah, if we forgot you, I, I really am sorry. I'm pretty sure we nailed everybody there. Corey, did you mention Corey? I did. I said Corey and Mike. Okay. I think I said Corey and Mike, but I do appreciate Corey. If I didn't, I, I love Corey. Now, see, and Mike. now, now you got me. Yeah, now you got me freaking out. Now we're questioning everything, but we just got to get out of here. Kirk's yelling at the we background names. We got to get out of here. This is why you don't name people. I screwed that up. Then you forget you upset everybody. We'll be back next week with I think we're gonna preview some some schools. Felix has got this really cool idea. He's gonna he we're doing next week. He's gonna be back. So we will talk to you guys again next week.